Hey everyone, this could be a good broadcast today because <laughs> I got a lot of <clears throat> pushback on trying to get it on the air, but here we are. Friday is a good day to be alive, and I am excited about being alive in Christ, and by the way, still excited <laughs> about being alive on earth because we've got a job to do. We're not through with our purpose on earth, so Friday is a good day to be alive. We're going to talk today about some of the monsters that try to trouble us. All right? Well, I am a witness of the progress of the Spirit of God in the body and the life of an individual, because I am one, <laughs> just like you are. And I am a witness. That's what a witness means. Someone who exhibits something that has been demonstrated through activity and action and so forth. So we are living witnesses of the Spirit of God working in, in human flesh. The, um, the picture that comes out of, of Hollywood, I did a little notes below a about that, but uh, they give a picture of the man that's frustrated and driven by uh, by the enemy, and also the enemy's workers, you know, demons and spirits and all those things that move around in that dark world that speak to us about fear and loathing and failure. It feeds the mind, and the mind then creates an attitude of the soul and the spirit. That's the monster within. And in Hollywood, they have the picture of the man who has a little miniature devil on his ear and telling him to go kill and steal and drink and, you know, get drunk and all that. And on the other side, the angel is speaking. Don't do it. You know, you can be a good boy today. You don't have to do those things. That's the struggle Paul's talking about in the book of Romans, 7th and 8th chapter. So it's that, it's that monster that drives people to ins insanity and desperation and suicide and a life of just blinding themselves or blind, blocking out all that by, by alcohol and drugs and, and, well, the life of a prodigal who runs and spends all of their money on riotous living. Okay, now, I want to describe to you what Paul is talking about, and he's talking about the person before the cross. Take a snapshot, if you haven't done it for a while, of the reality of what the world was like before Christ, <clears throat> before Christ and the cross, and the world after Christ and the cross. You've got to catch a picture of this. If you don't, if you don't see it, if you don't understand that, then then we can't capture what it means to be um, transformed by the cross and transformed by the by the action of Christ. Before the world, they had no resistance against sin. Here it is in the in the in the mere Bible. And the 22nd verse, <clears throat> let's go back up to uh, 20. If I, if I do the things I do not want to do, then it is clear that I am not evil. 
but that I host sin in my body against my will. How frustrating is that? He doesn't want to do it, but here he is doing it. The 19th verse in the mirror Bible says, willpower has failed me. This is how embarrassing it is. The most diligent decisions that I make do no good. Disappoint, disappoints. The very evil I try to avoid is what I do. No wonder it's frustrating. Good-hearted people that don't know the power of the cross and haven't yielded to the gospel's message are driven by this type of pressure and, and problems. 23, 723 in Romans, this is the, this is the mirror Bible. There is another law, though, the law of sin, acting and enrolling the members of my body as weapons of war against the law of my mind. I am held captive like a prisoner of war in my own body. Wow. Held captive. Listen to this. Held, held captive like a prisoner of war in my own body. That's scary. We forgot that. We've forgotten. If you've been saved more than 45 days, you probably already forgot the desperate hours and the darkness and the hopelessness that that in, engulfs people that have not yielded to the gospel message. The situation is, in 24, the situation is absolutely desperate for humankind. Is there anyone who can deliver me from this death trap? Oh, here is our cue to take over the stage. Take the microphone, take it out of the hand of the, of the, the, the doomsdayer and the gloom guy and the deaf, you know, the deaf speaker. Get that microphone out of his hands or her hands and begin to declare unto those around you the gospel message. And here is the gospel message. Listen to it. <clears throat> Mere Bible, verse 25. Thank God. This is exactly what he has done through Jesus Christ, our leader. He has come to our rescue. <laughs> Whoa. I am finally free from this conflict between the law of my mind and the law of sin in my body. Here's the monster, a monster without and a monster within, a monster within and a monster without. Paul in the King James says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Oh, thank God, through Jesus Christ, I'm free. Now, why is this an important reminder? And for some listening, perhaps a message you've never heard, that you have been set free from the law of condemnation, sin and death, and corruption. Now, when did that happen? This is something that perhaps you haven't heard before. When did that happen, that you were set free? Well, you say, you may say, if you're, if you're a traditional, you know, the, the traditional church, you got set free when you knelt at the altar and heard the gospel message and said, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. No, 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 no. You were set free when Jesus performed what he did on the cross and the resurrection. He, he, he canceled sin and he broke the power of the enemy. Now, the gospel message 
is not you're going to hell because you're a sinner. The gospel message is, look, fella, gal, you have been set free. Receive the power of that through the confession of Christ. Receive that deliverance that is already yours by acknowledging. Jesus said, if you believe on me, you have eternal life. So the trigger is not in the fact that when I come and kneel at the altar, suddenly the, the, you know, the machinery starts up and the bells and whistles happen in the headquarters and ding, 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 George gets converted and suddenly is delivered from death. No, I was delivered from death when the cross and the resurrection happened because I died with Christ then I rose with Christ. You say, well, that, that happened because you got saved in 1950. No, it happened when Jesus performed it. The entire human race has been delivered from that, but the trigger is believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and it affects you in your life, and you become part of the family of God. So it's still a receiving just because i'm setting the the uh the time frame differently it happened to the human race he canceled sin not just sin for the pentecostals and the nazarenes and the catholics who believe in christ you know that no he canceled sin for the human race <laughs> read paul's writings a little more detailed, and you'll see it. Now, now the in, 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 chapter eight has been my favorite since I was fifteen. We had a an evangelist by the name of Claude Hunt come to our church in Washougal. <laughs> you have to live there to say the say the word right, Washougal, Washougal, Washington. And at fifteen, I heard him preach for seven straight days on. Chapter 1 and 2, uh, chapter 8, verse 1 and 2. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. For the law of sin and death has set us free from the law of sin. The law of, uh, the, law of the spirit of life has set us free from the law of sin and death. Okay. Now, that became a pivot point for me to begin to catch, capture what Christ has done for me. It was at that same time that Dad brought home a stack of uh, E.W. Kenyon's writings. If you've never read E.W. Kenyon, it's it's really where the faith teachers, the early faith teachers, took a lot of their their uh, seeds of truth out of, and in some cases uh, quoted much of E.W. Kenyon, Kenyon and some of their preaching and writing. But I began to feed on that. My dad's you know giving me some of those books, and it talked to me about who I was, the authority. The, the you know the redemption the cross the power of the cross <clears throat> wow okay now the decisive conclusion is this in Christ every bit of con of condemning evidence against me is canceled in Christ every bit of condemning condemnation condemning evidence is canceled there's nothing that God's got in his little book. Or a satchel, he's going to pull out and say, look, here, you forgot this one. It's gone. When did it go? It went when Jesus canceled it on the cross and the resurrection. Now, why is this important? Why is this important? Because I want you to see your neighbor that's 
you know, spitting tobacco and throwing garbage over your fence and cussing you because you go to church on Sunday. I want you to see him as already set free from sin. He just doesn't know it. The gospel message is, hey, fella, you've been set free. Get your head on straight and receive Jesus, and you'll receive the benefits of what's already happened to you. You see, you can live in sin and darkness and live the life of bondage, even though Christ has already done the work for you. How do I know that? Because I've pastored people just like that. They've even confessed Christ, but they have never received the benefits of that confession. They are still accepting the mind that is condemning, the spirit of the enemy that's speaking in their ear that's condemning, driving them back to habits and so forth, and they are still under the power of the monster without. Christ Jesus has set us free from that. <laughs> Oh my, so today on this Friday, I want to declare to you that that monster is dead because Jesus died on the cross. And when he died, sin was canceled. Sin was buried. Sin was taken care of. You say, wait a minute now. What about the book back in the 70s? The devil is alive and well on planet Earth. Okay, I know the devil's working. I know there's all kinds of evil so dark we don't even want to talk about it because it just stains our mind. I don't want to see the images or anything. It's out there. I know that. But it's not, it's not, it doesn't have the life you think it does because it has been canceled on the cross. His sentence has already been declared. So <clears throat> what's the gospel about? taking territory and driving that sucker and all those lies away and gone. We have the power to change our universe. And that's our call is to spread out the anointing. <clears throat> Yesterday, I talked about breathing out the breath of God. That's what happens when you preach the gospel. When I say preach, I'm just talking about sharing your experience with Christ. Say, did you know that you're free from sin already? No, I didn't know that. I thought I was under the bondage of sin. No, Christ redeemed you on the cross. All you need to do is accept that, rem that redemption and bammo, it's current and it'll happen for you now. That's what happens when people come to the altar and say, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. They are acknowledging the fact the work is already done and they're accepting it. That's called conversion. It's called salvation. It's called being born again. But it's not, it doesn't send a message up to headquarters, you know, like the like the internet and says, ding, ding, start the salvation process on old Frank there, because he just got came to the altar and you know the gear. No, no, it has been done and it is already accomplished. Now, why is that a happy happy news? Because it's not that big of a move for you to step out of your condemnation into the peace, tranquility, and the happiness of the happy gospel. <laughs> you know, God's a happy God, don't you? He's He is love and he is joy. Can you imagine? <clears throat> the Bible says God is love. I don't see a lover being angry and full of wrath ready to slap you around if you don't treat him right. No, that's not a lover. That's a tyrant. 
that's a master. That's uh, you know, that's someone who's has got you in chains and and snaps his fingers and you have to dance for him. No, no, no. A lover is a woo. He they woo you and speak to you those kind words of love, and then they treat you kindly. God loves the world. He gave his only begotten son. Okay, well, I I have the <laughs> I have the freedom just to <clears throat> shoot the shotgun, you know, and then move on. So <laughs> this is not the last word on some of the things I talk about. Love you guys. I'll see you Sunday night at six o'clock. I've I've been in the middle of a, of a two day. This is the second day of a gathering of pastors and spiritual leaders in the Northwest region. We do it twice a year, spend two days together. It's just a good time to be involved with God's body of people. So I will see you Sunday night. Until then, don't forget, <clears throat> subscribe and punch all the right buttons of uh, thumbs up and liking and, and comments, so forth. If God's nudging you to send me a financial blessing, you can do it through PayPal or the mail still works. Hallelujah. God bless you guys. I am privileged to be walking together with you as we journey on our way together. God bless. I'll see you soon. Bye-bye.